a quote that I've always loved that my mom always told me was, fall down seven times, get up eight. So I've always like kind of taken that with me throughout my life and pretty much anything I've done. My goals are my goals and I shouldn't let other outside factors kind of hinder me from reaching those. And so I think that's really what mobility stands for is really kind of going after everything without any restrictions. We're back. Whoop, whoop. Season two. Yes. Welcome back to season two of Toyota Untold. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Tyler. And we've got an amazing first episode for you. But before we get into it, we just wanted to say thank you to everyone listening. Season one was kind of like a test season for us. And so we just wanted to see how it went. And it went really well. A lot of you listened. And we weren't sure who would be interested in a Toyota podcast, but we got great feedback. So here we are by popular demand, season two. That's right. We're back at it. And this season, we're bringing you even more behind the scenes looks into Toyota and Lexus because we can't forget our luxury brand. So we hope you'll keep listening. Some orders of business first. We're going to ask you to hit subscribe if you haven't already so that you get the episodes straight to your phone. Turn on the notifications mm-hmm. and uh, buckle up because we're going to have a good time. All right, so today we're going to talk about the Olympics. And you may remember from the Olympic Winter Games in Pyeongchang 2018, the Toyota is a global partner of the International Olympic Committee, IOC, and the International Paralympic Committee, IPC. We launched our Start Your Impossible campaign with those super inspiring commercials where I ugly cried during most of them. And we got the privilege of sponsoring some amazing athletes. That's right. So last year in Pyeongchang, we had some big wins. Team USA and Team Toyota's Chloe Kim won gold in the women's halfpipe snowboarding event, which was incredible. Amazing. And Paralympian Oksana Masters nabbed two gold medals in women's sitting cross country. USA. USA. That's right. (laughs) And Team Toyota did not mess around. No, we did not. And now we're one year away from the Olympic and Paralympic Games Tokyo 2020. And Toyota is sponsoring 14 new Team USA athletes and hopefuls and three returning U.S. Paralympians to Team Toyota. Yep, we got the chance to talk to some of our new athletes to get to know them and to learn about that athlete life. It's pretty interesting how the different training is different for different sports, including new sports. Right, I don't think it's as glamorous as a lot of people think. No. um, Mm Because they're constantly working. (laughs) But yeah, so we talked to some athletes who are hoping to compete in sports that are new to the Olympic Games, which is crazy. Because if you think about it, they train for years and then ultimately there's a chance that they may not make it to the games, which then where did all the work go? I know. And when they came here to our campus, we even had to carve out some time at our gym so they can make a stop there to keep training. The commitment is real. Let's start with the traditional Olympic sport. We talked to Simone Manuel, who's already won two gold and two silver medals from the Olympic Games Rio in 2016, making her the first African-American woman to win an individual Olympic gold medal in swimming. And now she's planning to take on Tokyo. You're our first Olympian that we're talking to, which we're very excited about. Simone Manuel, you are from Sugarland, Texas. Mm-hmm. You're like homegrown here in Texas. Yes. That's awesome. And you graduated from Fort Bend Austin High School. What's it like like being a Texas person? Everything's bigger in Texas and you're representing in the Olympics. Yeah, Texas is awesome. I've lived here my whole life. It's my hometown and I have so much support from the state of Texas. And I definitely think that's why 
I've been so successful in the sport of swimming and Mm -hmm. um, coming home from the Olympics in 2016 was amazing. Just seeing the support that the Texans gave me. And Mm -hmm. um, we had a lot of athletes there from Houston, Simone Biles, uh, Cassidy Cook, and so many others who did amazing and performed well. So it's so awesome to be a Texan and really represent my state. So can you tell us like, where did your love for swimming grow? Because I will say when I did swimming, it was exhausting. I mean, I gave up real quick. Yeah. So this is a commitment. Yeah. And I've never realized that you could sweat while being in a pool until I was on the but swim team. But you don't know it. Yeah. yeah so no. That's a blessing. Right. You don't know <laughs> until it. Until you get out. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. So early on, you must have realized, I love doing this. So tell us about that. So I got into swimming at the age of four just because my parents wanted my two older brothers and I to know how to swim. Mm -hmm. Um, The drowning rates in swimming are very high for children. And so they didn't want to be a part of that statistic. And so I started swimming at the age of four. I did several other sports growing up, basketball, volleyball, soccer. I danced ballet for nine years. Um, But swimming was the one that I loved the most and I was always drawn to, even though I tried all the other sports. Mm -hmm. Swimming was just the one I loved the most. Mm -hmm. And um, as I continued to get better and better, I grew a love for it. It was fun. I was traveling. I was meeting new people. And so it's really been an awesome experience what swimming has brought to my life. And that's how you get to such a competitive Olympic level. If you don't love it, then mm-hmm. you're probably not going to get very It's what far, I always right? wanted to do. Like, I yeah. always wanted to go to swim practice. That's Ballet, awesome. I was like, oh, this is getting a little old. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like going to an Olympics? So, Brazil, Rio mm-hmm. was your first Olympics. Mm-hmm. What is it like, the process? And do you feel so much more prepared now? Are you just as nervous? It's a little bit of both. I mean, the process for the Olympics is very grueling. Team USA across the board in all sports is so competitive. And Mm -hmm. so just the trials process with swimming, sometimes many people say that it's harder than the actual Olympics because it's such a big production. You have the fireworks and the stress of the fact that the top eight in your event could medal at the Olympics. So you're really going up against the best of the best at trials. So that's really stressful, which is something that I'll have to go through. And even though I do have a little bit of experience with that um, pressure, I still, I just don't want to take it for granted. So I have that experience, but I do get nervous a little bit looking forward to it. But um, I think it's going to be okay. I'm really working towards my goals. So Mm -hmm. um, it's going to turn out. Just fine. One of the coolest things about the Olympics for me are the the opening ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Like, what can you explain what what that feels like to step out there and represent your country? So bummer. I don't participate in the opening ceremonies oh, no, really? because your swimming like, starts yeah, the next day, and the coaches. I feel and like the staff, everyone's going to learn this while yeah, I'm learning it. <laughs> yeah, the coaches and the staff. Uh, kind of advise us not to go, especially since I swim the first day and and other swimmers swim the first couple of days because it's a lot of walking. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're kind of... Wow. Yeah. So I'm sorry to bring that up. (laughs) It's okay. I mean... You've had some other good milestones. Yeah. It's bittersweet. It's like, if I would have gone and then not won a gold medal, you know. Right. But I think that goes back to what you said about competitiveness, Mm -hmm. right? Other countries might be like, yeah, we're just happy to be here and they're walking even though they're swimming. But you're like... Team USA is like, we want a high medal count and we're going to get it. (laughs) That's right. Because if you ever see the medal count come up and you see other countries that are like above, you're like, 
Yeah. Like, excuse me? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean we're not number one? Or like, right. why? how, how are mm-hmm. they? At least me. I don't yeah. know. I'm secretly competitive. Not secretly <laughs> not, competitive. Not secretly competitive. Okay. So how did Toyota come into your life? Well, <laughs> just today? No. <laughs> so I have pretty much grown up in a Toyota. My parents purchased a Toyota Sienna in 2004. And they got all the upgrades. We had a sunroof, a TV in the back. And amazing. It, yeah, it was perfect for traveling. Um, both of my older brothers played basketball. So we we're traveling mm-hmm. with them to go to basketball tournaments, traveling with me to go to various competitions in Texas and Your practice. parents were very busy. Yes. A <laughs> lot of mileage on the van. Um, <laughs> yeah. We just got rid of it about... No. A couple months ago, oh, and it had 300,000 miles on That's it. That's awesome. So, Swagger Wagon. Sandy was her name, oh. and <laughs> she... She's seen some things. Yeah, she's seen some <laughs> things, and she has definitely helped uh, get us places. That's awesome. So now, what do you drive? So right now, I drive a Lexus. Ooh. So still in the Toyota yeah, family. Yeah, okay um, waiting to get my car. I'm excited, <laughs> but that's what I drive right now. That's awesome. How did we approach you? (laughs) Yeah. How did that happen? (laughs) How did we begin this relationship? (laughs) So I got a survey from my agent and um, I filled it out and kind of kind of talked about my experience with Toyota, talked about my hobbies and a lot of the other questions that were in the survey, Mm -hmm. like what mobility means to me. um, What starting your impossible means and um, just really allowed it to relate to some of the experiences that I've had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what does mobility mean to you? So mobility to me just means like the freedom of movement, which is also something you guys talk about, but really just having no restrictions and no bounds on you. And I think that's really relevant with my swimming experience. Um, As an African-American in the sport of swimming, I am a minority and just kind of having the mindset of not letting stereotypes or misconceptions kind of define my experience is something that I've really focused on in my career because my goals are my goals and I shouldn't let other outside factors kind of hinder me from reaching those. And so I think that's really what mobility stands for is really kind of going after everything without any restrictions. Have you been able to deliver that message? Like in addition to Mm -hmm. competing, are you now kind of turning, obviously other, you know, little boys and girls look up to you with that message. Like what does that mean to them be able to give that back? Yeah. I mean, through my experience of winning the gold medal in the Olympics, I just wanted to inspire people to really get into the water. And Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that representation matters. And I do want to get more little boys and girls in the sport of swimming, especially minorities. My goal is to hopefully change that and allow people to see themselves in me and reach for their goals. That's awesome. So what does the next year look like for you as you prepare? Yeah. So the next year just consists of a lot of training. Um, I have a couple of competitions along the way, but in July, I'll be heading to world championships in Gwangju, South Korea. I hope that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) After that, I'll kind of come back to the States and get right back into training to Mm -hmm. prepare, prepare for 2020. Within that time, I'll have other competitions along the yep. way and then head to trials and hopefully on my way to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And where do you keep your gold medal? Like, <laughs> where? 
I keep my gold medal at home. Originally, mm-hmm. it was in socks because I was told by other Olympians that yeah, it's the I've best way that. to travel because they don't yeah, yeah. like Bang clean together, and yeah. scratch together. But now they're just at home in a closet. I need to know, <laughs> when you go through security at the airport, have you ever been questioned for your medal? I definitely have. Because <laughs> when it goes through security, all they see is a black circle. Wow. That's what one yeah. of the officers told me. Because it's gold. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, we, we have to check it. Yeah. And then I show it to them and they're like... <gasps> What? Oh. For what? <laughs> yeah. and, oh my gosh, I've never seen one. So it's a pretty cool experience. There's no case. I don't know. I feel like... Well, I don't like to put my things on display. Yeah, I get it. Just staying humble. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I yeah. get it. It's Yeah, I think it's just a little part of... My parents never did that. Like they never really put all of our ribbons and medals everywhere. And I think it kind of allowed my brothers and I to remain driven and not be complacent and I don't think that that'll change until I guess I get my own house and I'm done with swimming and I it it would be nice to really appreciate it right yeah yeah. because this time where you're competing is such a finite time in your life like I know you didn't take a lot of vacation Mm -hmm. you're not showing like you know displaying your medals but there's going to be a time when this when this ends Mm -hmm. right and then you can appreciate those things like extended vacations and displaying your medals everywhere and talking about it till yeah i I think i would be really disappointed if i just got stuck on the accomplishments i had in rio and didn't really focus on the next goal and feeling like oh well simone was only rio no i want to for myself i want to like remain driven and focused towards what's next how many hours a week do you spend in the water about 20. Okay. I think. Usually my practices, I have nine practices a week. I double Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. I oh swim gosh. once on Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Off on Sundays. And my swims are usually around an hour and 45 minutes. But on a double days, it's an hour and 45 minutes. And then the second practice is an hour and 15 minutes. So that's three hours of swimming. (laughs) That is a lot of swimming. I mean, not counting the lift that I have. Oh, that's right. Cause you Mm -hmm. have to, you know, like I lift Monday, Wednesday, Friday for an hour. Hey, that's why, that's why you get the medals (laughs) and and I'm on a podcast. (laughs) Simone, thank you for being with us today. Thanks so much. How can people find you if they want to connect with you or follow your story? Yeah. You can find me on social media, Mm -hmm. Instagram, Twitter. I am at. Swimone, S-W-I-M-O-N-E. Yeah, she did. I love it. So creative. I love it. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Man, I love Simone. And her mom was in the studio with us too. And she was so sweet. Yeah, they were they were so cute together. And they talked about how she used to drive her to practice in her Toyota Sienna, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. And they drove that thing all over Texas. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so we can't get over Simone. And you should go follow her on Instagram and Twitter. Her handle is Swimone. So clever. So clever. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yes. So now here's our combo with Jordan Barrett. She's hoping to compete in a completely new Olympic sport, skateboarding. And she's not just a regular skateboarder. She's also like super cool. She's one of the coolest people Kelsey and I have ever met. She's already won the gold medal in swag for sure. 
by the way, I just feel like you have a general coolness about you. I'm just going to state that up front. <laughs> it's like a California thing. Maybe. <laughs> Something in the air over there. Born and raised in California? No, I no. was born here actually in Dallas. Oh. Stop. Yeah. That's cool. Lived here for like six months or something. And then I grew up in Hawaii. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. And I lived there until I was about 14. Okay. And then moved to California. And then I've been there since. Oh, okay. man. There it is. That's the so did you move to California for skateboarding? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I kind of figured that that's how that went. I'll ask a question that I don't know is particularly relevant. But are surfboarding and skateboarding aligned? Like if you if you grew up in Hawaii, I assume that people, most people yeah. surf. And then you learn to skateboard at like… They coincide, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Totally. Okay. Was it your group of friends? You're like, okay, sometimes we're going to go surfing. Sometimes we'll um, go skateboarding. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I grew up surfing and like in the water since I was like three. Mm-hmm. Learned how to swim before I could walk kind of thing. Yeah. So I was surfing forever. And then I started skating when I was about 12. And it was just, uh, they built a skate park. And a few of my friends from school were like, hey, let's go check this thing out. And I went out and I like, loved it right away. Mm-hmm. And basically, since the day I went to the skate park, I was just there. Yeah. At all my free time. Okay. So, I did do a little bit of skateboarding uh-huh. research yesterday Why because there were some words involved that there was some lingo that I didn't know. You got so your ollies your, off? No. That was not where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, what's your preferred method? Like, in a, in a skate park… Or wait, what? Uh, you're gonna laugh because my no, lingo I love is that. This. I'm like so jazzed <laughs> that you like researched Kelsey. No, I did. There. Okay, vert. Okay, good job. Okay, what? <laughs> please explain. So vert is ice skate vert. Okay. I don't compete in vert really. Okay, like, a little bit. Um, more for fun. Okay, but vert is uh like a thirteen and a half foot uh half pipe, okay. and it goes up to vert like vertical. Mm-hmm. There's like two or three feet of vert or something. Uh-huh. That was really like what started skating was yeah. like back in the 80s was like a vert scene. And then vert kind of died when in the 90s when street skating became a thing. Okay. When you say street skating, just so everyone can get like an idea of it. Is it, is it like all throughout an area or is it like… So street skating is literally like skating in the streets and like alling downstairs or like going up a curb, like okay. mm-hmm. ledges like, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that all started in the streets. Okay. And then now that it's like becoming an Olympic sport, street mm-hmm. is one of them. Yeah. And so now it's it's all in like a skate park, but it's just like a street. Like that's like yeah. the street area and this is the vert area. That's the park area. Okay. So where do you compete in? I compete in skateboard park. So there's just all kinds of different things that you can do tricks off of. Basically, basically yeah. Skateboard park's kind of like an in-between of vert and street. And it's like a bunch of different heights of transition and small, big, different like obstacles, like corners, hips, pockets. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's basically what park is. How did you go from hanging with the friends, going to the skate park to, oh, I'm I'm competing now? It wasn't like forced. It was very natural and... Still to this day, I just skate because I love it and it's like fun for me. Like I'm not a fan of people who take it so serious or they're like, we need to train and do, you know, this kind of thing. Like I'm not a fan of that because that's not what skating should be in my eyes. But you do train. Yeah, Um, yeah, I definitely train and like work hard at it, but it's more of a fun thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really remember like a turning point of it. I'm guessing more towards when I moved to California. I was like, okay, this is like taking a step because that's where the mecca of skating is in Southern California. 
And so it's like taking a step towards like becoming a pro at it. And so you just start, okay, I'm just going to skateboard here. And then when did you're like, I'm going to enter a competition? I mean, I had been doing competitions in Hawaii and I like basically kind of like ran out of contests there. Yeah. Uh, moved to California. Because you were winning them all? Or? Yeah, <laughs> basically. That's like in Hawaii, it's just such a, a small thing. Yeah. It's not like a sport there at all. It's very small. And California, it's huge. So when I moved to California, I started doing like bigger competitions and stuff like that. Okay, so obviously no one really knows what to expect from from this sport at the Olympics because yeah. it hasn't happened before, mm-hmm. right? So are you still going into it with that mentality where it's just like, it's just something I love to do. And if I can get an Olympic medal out of it while I'm enjoying myself and, you know, like doing what I love, or is it like a completely different mindset now that it's the Olympics? No, it's still the same mindset. I just like grew up with like loving skating yeah. for what it is and like love the history of it. I love like all the original people who started it and the culture of it. And like, I want to, like, that's who I am and I want to keep it like that. I don't want to just change myself because of, you know, some competition. Right. At the end of the day, that's like what it is, even though it's yeah. like the Olympics, it's for still sure. just a contest. When it comes to the Olympics and what they build for you to compete in, do you have any insight? Is it a complete surprise when you go to a competition or are you able to have like an idea of what it's going to look like so you can kind of plan what you're going to do? Like a map? Yeah. I mean, I have a general idea always. It's always similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always the same people who build all the contests. And oh. so that helps. It makes okay. it very similar. Yeah. But most of the time, like a couple weeks before, you'll get like the blueprints of it okay, and so see what it, it does look like. But I honestly hate looking at that because I'll get, I'll look at it and I'll be like, cool, like this should work and I should try this trick here and uh-huh. blah, blah. And then I get there and like look at it in person and it's like totally different than what um. I thought in my head. So I'm like... I don't even look at those anymore. I kind of just show up and then decide what I want to do. That's how I train for podcasting, really. <laughs> we can tell sometimes Tyler has to get cut. Just show up. Just edit, edit that out. So what's Japan going to be like? How do you feel like it's going to be so much? Is it going to be a lot different than what you're used to? Or do you feel like it'll be just like another day? I think the trickiest part with Japan is going to be the time of year and yeah. how hot it's going to be. Because... I was there last summer, like right around the same time mm-hmm. of when it is. And it is so hot and so humid. Oh. Like literally walking on the street, you like get out of breath. Mm. I think that's going to be tricky for me. But like I did grow up in Hawaii and I do live in California now. And right. I do skate a lot of warm places. So yeah. that will be to my benefit. But okay. that's definitely going to be the trickiest part. And then like, you know, just figuring out the park, of course, like every contest. Yeah. What other countries are good at skateboarding? Japan's really good. Japan's coming in hot. (laughs) America's definitely number one. And then Brazil, Australia, a lot of Europe countries are so the same countries that are good in surfing. Pretty much good in skateboarding. So like obviously you're really young and it's the first time it's going skateboarding is gonna be in the Olympics. So does this help you or does this make you like look forward to your career in the future? Or are you kind of just taking it like day by day to see how it goes? Um, I'm definitely excited for the future. And like with the Olympics, like a lot of really cool opportunities yeah. get handed our way. Like being here at Toyota, right. you know, like that's never been a thought to have like some of the sponsors that I have now yeah. or things like that. 
So that's super amazing with the Olympics. And I am super stoked to be like a part on the US team and like hopefully get to the Olympics. But um, I still want to just keep it to my be myself at the end of the day. What are the judges looking for when it comes to skateboarding, like judging and, and deciding, you know, who's the medalist? Um, there's a few different criterias, but a big one is speed, power, and flow. Okay. Another one is trick, like hardness, like yeah. how hard a trick difficulty, is. Yeah. Difficulty, yeah. Another one is keeping your speed and like keeping your line and like having good style. Like you could be a robot skating and do the best tricks, but they won't care at the end of the day. If you okay. look good doing like pretty good tricks, yeah. they'll care more. There's like a swag level. Involved. Yeah. Oh. Got it. Okay. I yeah. It. What's your triple axle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's not really like that with skating. Like it's definitely very different with snowboarding because snowboarding you do flip and spin a mm-hmm. lot more. Yeah. There's basically like three categories of tricks. There's like airs, grinds, and then lip tricks. So whoever goes the highest goes grinds the farthest Okay. Does the most difficulty of tricks. Mm-hmm. That's like what I aspire to do. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, and that's how they'll judge yeah. the event. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What advice do you have for other girls who are coming up in the game and like how to make this an Olympic career? Yeah, I have a few different advice. I mean, no matter what you do in your life, like if you love it, then I think you should do it. Mm-hmm. So like with me, that, that was skating. Like mm-hmm. I luckily found that at a pretty young age and knew that was what I wanted to do. But as far as that goes, like a quote that I've always like loved that my mom always told me was fall down seven times, get up eight. Mm -hmm. So I've always like kind of taken that with me throughout my life and pretty much anything I've done. And it's like very like real and skating because you literally are falling down. (laughs) And so (laughs) yeah, with that, that's cool. But I mean, just go to the skate park and like make friends and like, have fun. It's yeah. definitely super intimidating, but you start making friends and realize like all these people are like super cool. And that's what I love about skating is like it's a very humbling sport because you could be at the skate park with like a seven-year-old little girl who's like the first time at the skate park. And then you could like over there can be this 50-year-old like tattooed dude who's like drinking beer and like <laughs> all all scary looking. Yeah. And, but then he'll literally be like, oh, come over here. Like, let me show you how to do this. Like, let me help you out. Like, yeah. we're all there for the same reason. Like, we all love it. And that's what's super cool about skating is that everyone gets along yeah. most of the time. <laughs> so from now until next year, what is your schedule like? How do you prepare? My schedule is going to be crazy. <laughs> Preparing, I mean, I'm just trying to skate every day um, that I can. And then I go to my cross trainer twice a week and m- mainly for like injury prevention. Okay. Yeah. And then I do other things on the side. Like I surf pretty much every day oh, okay. and snowboard as much as I can. How much do you skate a day? Uh, it's different every day. Mm-hmm. It's like skating's not like... Like, I don't have, like, a training program. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I'll hit some friends up and we're like, hey, let's go hit these three skate parks. <laughs> or like, wait, do you have a coach? No. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. It's so funny because we were talking to Simone, who's a swimmer. And I mean, her schedule is set, Rigid. Right? Yeah. Like, I love that the essence of your sport is the maximum amount of chillness possible. Seriously. And then you for the next year, you're going to the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, chill. Yeah, the whole time. The whole way. I mean, I did get here that way, like yeah, my way exactly. so far, and I'm definitely like very happy where I'm at, and yeah. like 
enjoying myself. And so I want to That's what stay sports doing that. should be about. Honestly. Exactly. It's going so, to the Olympics. I yeah. started it this way. I want to end it this way. Yeah. What was your first car? My first car? Yeah. A Toyota Tacoma. Hey. hey what up? Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Jordan. So it's like we're obsessed with cars or something. We are. That's why we work at Toyota. Of course. So thanks to Simone and Jordan for joining us. Good luck to both of you. We're so excited to see you kill it out there. And we can't wait to see you in Tokyo. On television. Because no one's letting us go to Tokyo. I know. We're not better. Hashtag not better. Yeah, team better. So I hope that you enjoyed our first episode of season two. We'll be back in two weeks with sprinter Michael Norman and surfer Lakey Peterson. This is Kelsey. And Tyler. If you like our show, please hit that subscribe button and you can follow today's guests on the gram at Swimone, S-W-I-M-O-N-E, and at Jordan Barrett. That's J-O-R-D-Y-N-B-A-R-R-A-T-T. Shout out to our in-house producer, Sharon Hong and Allison Powell. Woo! Music by Wes Meixner. Edited and mixed by Crate Media. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Toyota and at Lexus and on Instagram at Toyota USA and at Lexus USA. That's the end of our show. See you in two weeks.